0: Coming up on today's edition of the Locked Raiders podcast. It's that time of year again. The week of the scouting combine in Indianapolis is upon us. Very excited about it. We'll break it down. A little pre-combine breakdown with Daniel Jeremiah from NFL Network. Uh, he did his pre-combine conference call. We'll talk all things quarterbacks coming up on this show. And again, a little help with Daniel Jeremiah, his breakdowns. You'll hear that. Plus a little news and notes around the league. It's all coming up on Monday's edition of the Locked Raiders podcast, February 27th, 2023.
1: You're Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging
0: just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered. And welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the Locked On Raider podcast free and available on all platforms. That includes YouTube. My man Ari does a great job each and every day. Making sure we're up on YouTube, making sure we're sounding good and looking good. You can check him out on Twitter, at Ari Produces. Definitely appreciate him. And I am recording this show on Sunday. I'm going to be heading to Indianapolis for the Scouting Combine. Very excited about that. It's the first time I've ever been able to cover it. First time I've been able to bring some actual sights and sounds from me being at this event to the podcast so this should be a really fun week again recording this show a little bit early before we get into the news and notes I did want to shout out Anna and Rob some really good friends of myself and the wife our family Uh, we're big time friends with them they had their 18th anniversary on February 18th and as you can tell it's February 27th <laughs> so I was supposed to shout them out a long time ago and I well it just slipped my mind so I apologize for that but uh, Anna and Rob are great uh, definitely appreciate them and congratulations on 18 years uh, married so off top I wanted to make sure I shouted them out now let's go ahead and jump into the news and notes here in segment number one and then segment number two and three will break down all things quarterbacks according to Daniel Jeremiah when he had his pre-combined conference call on Friday it was like two and a half and long. I love this stuff. You know, I had a conversation on uh, on Friday on Raider Nation Radio 920. What is more exciting for you, the offseason as far as free agency goes or the offseason as far as the draft goes? And for me, it's always the draft. Even though the Raiders haven't had a ton of success when it comes to the draft, the draft always excites me more than anything else. So this time of year, it's a lot of fun, and being able to be a part of that Daniel Jeremiah pre combine conference call was a lot of fun on Friday as well, two and a half hours long. So we'll bring you just quarterback sound here on today's show and then we'll do defense on tomorrow's show and then the combine will be going full fledged, full strike you know full steam ahead so then we'll be able to bring you some actual sounds of what's going on at the combine the rest of the week so that's kind of the breakdown of how we're going to do these shows this week but let's go ahead and jump into news and notes here in segment number one and off top uh, there's reports that were floating around twitter over the course of the weekend and i don't know the the actuality of these. I don't know how factual they are, but I wanted to bring it to the table because it makes a lot of sense anywhere. Apparently, the Raiders and quarterback Jarrett Stidham, his agent, have begun contract uh, conversations. And that shouldn't be a surprise. Even if these aren't factual reports, they should be going on, right? I mean, when we did this show weeks ago about the the free agents that the Raiders have in-house, it was like, what, 26 of them? Jared Stidham was one of my five guys that should be a priority. And the reason is he's more valuable to the Raiders than any other team In the league, he knows Josh McDaniel's system. Does that mean he's going to be the starting quarterback of 2023? No, but right now they have Chase Garbers on the contract, and that's it. So clearly, they can't just have Chase Garbers under contract. They've got to bring in some other guys, regardless of if they go with a rookie, if they go with a veteran like Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson or Jimmy G or insert it. It doesn't matter. Whoever the starting quarterback is going to be, they're going to need to have some depth behind them. So uh, Jarrett Stidham could end up being the starter, right? I mean, who knows? It's all up in the air. It's something that we've been talking about quite a bit here on the show, but... If, if they do, in fact, have these contract extension conversations and they do get them under contract, that's just a good move by the organization, regardless who the next guy is going to be. In case of emergency, break glass. He's a guy that, just like when Marcus Mariota signed with the Raiders to sit behind Derek Carr, it wasn't, okay, well, he's going to replace Derek Carr. It was like, no, if Derek Carr goes down, Marcus Mariota could slide in and he's had a starting experience. Well, if whoever goes down, Jarrett Stidham could slide right in and at least do a serviceable job you know he's not going to wet the bed, right? You know the moment's not going to be too big for him, as we saw what he did the last two games of the 2022 season. Now he didn't get wins, but you saw that he had an understanding of the offense and knew what he was supposed to do. So, again, it's not a big shock. If they are, in fact, in contract negotiations and in conversations, they should be in contract conversations, but it does not mean that Jared Stidham is going to be the starting quarterback in 2023. So that's just one report to keep in mind uh, when you're thinking about what the Silver and Black are doing this offseason. Also, This came from Tom Pelicero from the NFL Network on Friday and I was intrigued by this. It has to do with Jalen Ramsey. And it's funny because we talked about Jalen Ramsey on Friday's show when I was talking about defensive free agents, and he's not a free agent. I mean he and he's talked about it. He put it out on Twitter that he may be traded, but he's not gonna be released. There were some people, even Bleacher report put out, Oh, I think Jalen Ramsey's gonna get released he ain't getting released. He's too valuable to get released, right? They're going to trade him and at least attempt to trade him. So Tom Pellicero from the NFL Network put out, the Rams have had trade talks about six-time Pro Bowl cornerback Jalen Ramsey. League sources now believe it's very likely Ramsey is dealt in coming weeks. He's 28 years old, due $17 million in 2023 on a front-loaded deal that averages $20 and LA is trying to clear up cap space. So that was from Tom Pellicero from the NFL Network. He was actually a guy that I talked to when we were on Radio Row in Phoenix. I had a really good conversation with him. matter of fact, the last day that we were there in Phoenix, Uh, started off the day with that conversation with him. But, um, yeah, Jalen Ramsey on the trade blocks, uh, not a big surprise. The Rams are trying to clear up cap space. They're trying to get some draft capital back and try to uh, retool and rebuild that team. Uh, Obviously, they feel good about rebuilding since they have a Lombardi under their belt, right? But uh, they do have to do some recouping, right, trying to get some salary cap space and also trying to get some draft capital. Look, I don't know what the Raiders' plans are for 2023. I really don't. I don't know if they plan on starting a rookie quarterback. I don't know if they plan on starting Stidham. I don't know if they think that they're going to be real competitive in 2023. But if they do, for any chance, if they believe, if Dave Ziegler thinks that, you know what, this team is going to, it's going to be built so good that they're going to have an opportunity to win the AFC West, I would see what it would take to get Jalen Ramsey out of L.A. I really would. And we talked about it in pretty good detail on Friday's show, but he's only due $17 million in 2023. That's not a lot of money. It's really not. Right, I mean, the guy is still a hell of a player. At 28 years old, he's still a really good player. He may not be the Jalen Ramsey he was when he left Jacksonville, but he's still really high up there. I rolled out the pro football focus numbers on him last week, but the dude can still play, and he can play in a a bunch of different positions. Corner, slot, you can slide him back to safety. I mean, he's a playmaker, and uh, that's what Raiders need. The Raiders need as many playmakers on the field as possible. So, again, depending on what the Raiders' plan of attack is, and we don't know the plan, I wish I did know the plan, but I don't, So, depending on what their plan of attack is, if they do think that they're going to be competitive in 2023 and have an opportunity to, you know, at least compete for the division or compete for the playoffs, you know, even a wild card spot. I'm I'm not being greedy. Then Jalen Ramsey would be a nice, nice piece to have on that defense. You've got Max Crosby, Nate Hobbs, wherever you decide to put him, right? I mean, those are some good pieces. And, of course, the draft that's coming up, you could also get some quality players, including Corners. The corner class is pretty deep. You'll hear uh, from Daniel Jeremiah on that a little bit later. Matter of fact, coming up on tomorrow's show. But uh, yeah, there's there's different ways to approach this thing. But I I tell you right now, if you can get a guy like Jalen Ramsey, get him, you know, uh, under under uh, control for the next couple years and have him be a key part of that Raiders defense, I would be all for it. So that's just something to pay attention to when it comes to uh, Jalen Ramsey and the potential of him being traded. Before In the next couple weeks, according to reports from Tom Pelissero from the NFL Network. Coming up in segment number two, we're going to start the conversations when it comes to the quarterback position. Of course, uh, this is the first time in a long time that the Raiders have needed a quarterback. So let's compare, let's contrast all the quarterbacks. Let's find out how many franchise quarterbacks Tom, uh, Daniel Jeremiah believes there is in this upcoming draft and a whole lot more. We'll do that coming up in segment number two. And segment number three, before we get to any of that, though, I do want to tell you about the title sponsor of the show, which is FanDuel, and it's beyond the All-Star break now, right? Games are going on. Matter of fact, there was a hell of a game the other night, 176-175. The Kings top the Clippers in double overtime. Well, now is a perfect time to download FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. All you got to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then. You could bet on everything from the money line, points scored, to threes that are drained. And in that game I was talking about 176, 175, there was a ton of three balls that were drained. So there you go. Uh, you could do that right now at FanDuel. Plus, they even let you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn about more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA.
1: Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to break down Daniel Jeremiah's pre-combined conference call he had on Friday, two and a half hours later. Long, fantastic stuff. What we're going to do today, I was going to get greedy and do quarterbacks and defensive players all in one show, but I realized it was going to be a really long show. I realized my man Ari, who keeps us up on on YouTube, was going to be frustrated. He was going to roll his eyes and say, Q, 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 time, time, time. So I'm not going to do that. (laughs) We'll do quarterbacks today and we'll do defense tomorrow. Before we get into any of the quarterbacks, though, I did want to drop Daniel Jeremiah's just opening statement, the way he opened up the conference call.
1: This is going to be uh I think it's going to be a fun draft. There's a lot unknown. We've got uh you know, unlike last year, we've got some name brand quarterbacks um that people are familiar with, that people have seen, that people have very strong opinions on. Um I think the league is is very split on the, on those guys. We'll get into that, I'm sure, uh throughout the call here. Um uh, but I, I think this is a year where again, you're going to see some players that are 12 or 13 on, on one team's board and they might be 53 on another team's board, which is uh, there's a lot of variance of opinion. um, And there's uh, you know, there's going to be some, uh, you know, there's gonna be some fascinating storylines to follow as we go towards the draft in terms of overall strength of the draft. I think it's a really good corner group. I think it's a, uh, it's a good edge rusher group. Um, I think the tight end group is, is the best I've uh, I've seen in the last 10 years. It's outstanding. Um, so, you know, running backs is really solid. It's, it's, uh, it's a fun draft at some of those positions. Um, you know, the, the quarterbacks, as I mentioned, are going to be a big storyline. I don't think the wide receiver group is quite what we've seen in the few, in the, in the years, uh, recently here. Um, but, uh, Anyways, it's it's deep at some positions for sure.
0: All right, so there you go. That was the opening statement right there from DJ, just talking about this time of year, talking about the combine, talking about what he's looking forward to, and you heard him talk about comparing and contrasting the quarterbacks. And, of course, it's always going to be about the quarterbacks. This quarterback class uh, this year is not as good as next year, and it's not going to be one of those where you're going to find uh, the the no-doubt-about-it type guy. But how does DJ rank the quarterback class? How many franchise quarterbacks does he really see here he is
1: I, I think there's I I would actually say five because you know we'll see where and Hooker lands and again I, I already kind of went, hit, went down that road but I know he's older but I think he's got a chance to be a starter be a solid starter so I would say there's a chance to be five and they all have concerns they all there's not a uh, um, it's not one of those years where you have Trevor Lawrence it's not Joe Burrow it's obviously not it's not Andrew Luck it's not that year where you say okay this is that one Now I want to say can't miss but It's going to be hard to miss. (laughs) We don't have that. Uh, They all have warts. They all have flaws. But I think there's five potential solid starters uh, in this group. I have it, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Levis Richardson. Um, But, you know, again, if you know who you have developing these guys and you have a plan in place, you know, I I think it's very close uh, when you look at how those guys stack up. For me, it's Bryce, a gap, and then those other three guys – I think it's however they fit you, what plan you have in place and, and how you want to use them. If you've got a veteran in place for a year, I think Anthony Richardson, you can make that case. You've got a coordinator that understands how to incorporate Will Levis's athleticism right now. I, you know, I know and talking to, to, to folks that have been through there, they rave about his ability to handle a lot of information. So if you think about Josh McDaniels and his offense, it's been kind of known as a, you know, they can put a lot on your plate. It sounds like that's something he's comfortable doing. I would put Hendon Hooker in that same in that same realm, just in terms of when they talk about his, you know, his football acumen. He's going to be able to pick it up and 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 handle a, a, a large uh, playbook there. Um, and Stroud, to me, is just like the he's the purest thrower of the bunch, just accurate. You know, if you value decision making accuracy, as, as pretty much everybody does. Uh, CJ Stroud's really, really solid in that area. So that's why he's number two for me. And then Bryce, I think outside the size, just does everything at a very high level.
0: So that was actually my question right there uh, to Daniel Jeremiah was about ranking the quarterback class and how many franchise quarterbacks he sees. And you heard him talk about Will Levis and Josh McDaniel's system. And that's because he has in mock draft 2.0, he has Will Levis out of Kentucky being drafted by the Raiders and it's so funny on Friday on Raider Nation Radio 920 I had mentioned that I just didn't think Will Levis was a good fit for the Raiders that doesn't mean he isn't that just is my opinion but man it seemed like so many people were triggered by me talking about Will Levis like I was talking about their cousin or something right like they, they were really mad and I was like man how are you how are you gonna get mad because I just don't think he's a good fit And the reason I don't think he's a good fit is because he can't play right away he's gonna have to develop and one I don't know if the Raiders have time to develop him right they've got to win I mean, think about this. They might draft Will Levis. They might not ever have a chance to coach him up if they don't win this year, right? That's been what I've been talking about for the longest. So maybe if they get a veteran and they get a guy that they feel comfortable, and Will Levis could sit behind them for a couple years, maybe. I just don't see it especially depending on what veteran they get, they might not even have a chance. I mean, who knows? If if for some crazy reason they were to get an Aaron Rodgers or even trade for like a Lamar Jackson, they ain't going to have a first-round pick to go get a Will Levis. So there's a lot of different reasons. I don't think he's a good fit for the Raiders, but man, I'll tell you, I triggered some folks off on Friday when I said that. So what does Daniel Jeremiah think about Kentucky quarterback Will Levis? Here he is. Check it out.
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think, you know, Josh Allen's kind of what you're hoping. um, He's going to be there, I, I would say. You know the evaluation part of it. If we go there first, you know you, you start with the sacks and the turnovers. I mean that's the that's the cause for concern. That's the flag. So you've got to you've got to navigate that and you've got to dig into that if you're a team and and talk to him and sit down and watch the tape and go through it and see if you can learn some things. not not all that stuff's going to be on him. When you look at some of the turnovers, there's a good number of tip throws. When you look at the sacks, there's the you know, offensive line wasn't very good in front of him this year, and there's some loan protection so i'd want to sit there and go through all the sacks and all the turnovers when you sit down with him because it is a big number and it needs to be explained but i don't think that's all on him um the injury thing is another one and i mean i don't want to go through and try and excuse away you know some issues but when i watched him i th- I didn't, you know, I did not like when he was working to the left side of the field. I thought he was closed off. I thought he threw against himself. And then I come to find out after I've watched the tape that he had a, you know, a messed up toe. He's got a messed up shoulder, and I think that impacted that to a degree. Um, but the things that you can't refute, he's got a strong arm. He's a really good athlete, especially the year before when he's healthy. You can see him as a runner. Um, you can use him on some design quarterback run stuff, as well as him just organically making things happen. Um, he's tough. He hangs in there and takes shots. Um, there are, you know, there are some times where I wish he would feel things better on the backside. Um, every time he gets hit, it's a surprise party. So I, I wish he just had a little bit better feel to get up and get away from some of those things. Um, but toughness is not an issue at all. He can make every type of throw you want. Um, but to me, it's, it's digging in on some of those issues to to figure out, you know, what, what the deal is with him um, and why, you know, some of those things happen in terms of the turnovers and the sacks. Other quarterbacks you try and compare him to, I mean, that's tough. As an athlete, I think there's some comparison to Ryan Tannehill when he was coming out. Um, I think you look at his frame, Dak Prescott is one, I think that's a fair comp for him. Um, same conference, same build, same toughness. Uh, the stuff on Dak when you talk to the coaches there, you know, worker, intelligent, tough winner. Like you'll hear all those exact same things said about Will Levis. They rave about him. So, uh, you know, as I think about it, that might end up being the best comparison.
0: So there you go, right there. There's uh, Daniel Jeremiah talking about Will Levis, and he talks about, you know, sacks. He talks about turnovers. They're not all on him, but at the same time, he likes to sit down and have some conversations. You hear him talk about injury. Also hear him talk about comparables, you know, and and really he's talking about you want him. You're hoping that he's going to end up being Josh Allen, but he might not be. Then he talks about his athleticism. He could be a Ryan Tannehill. He could be a Dak Prescott. Okay. You know, I mean, so it's just, it's really hard to break down who he's going to be on the next level. But there, there it is right there. That's who he has right now on Mock Draft 2.0. If you go to NFL.com and you look up Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft, and I know in February, especially pre-Combine, these mock drafts don't mean anything. We haven't seen free agency yet, but he has quarterback Will Levitt's going in uh, number seven overall to the silver and black. You know, and, and even going back to the question I asked him about ranking the quarterback class, he had five guys. Five guys that he believe are actual franchise quarterbacks in this quarterback class in the 2023 draft. So Bryce Young, no doubt about it. C.J. Stroud, pretty much no doubt about it, except for he's Ohio State quarterback, so there's that. And then you got Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, and even through Hendon Hooker in there. So what about Anthony Richardson and Hendon Hooker? Well, we'll hear from Daniel Jeremiah coming up in segment number three on those guys. Plus, what would it take to trade up to number one, with Chicago, to get that number one spot if you're trying to go get a Bryce Young. You'll hear all that coming up in segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast.
1: Your Locked On Raiders. Your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team... Every day.
0: Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. We keep this party rolling, talking all things quarterbacks in the upcoming draft. And this is the pre-combine conference call breakdown for Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network. Mel Kiper Jr. He'll have his as well. And you know it's not draft season until I start saying Mel Kuiper Jr. And someone calls in and says, Kio, don't do it anymore. Don't do it anymore. We get it every single year. And at this point, it's just kind of comical. But Anthony Richardson is a guy that a lot of people have talked about. A lot of people believe that he's got the highest ceiling in the draft. Matter of fact, my guy, Harry Douglas, who does uh, Fitz and Harry on ESPN, he actually said on Friday he thinks Anthony Richardson is a more athletic Cam Newton. And I think that that's a hell of a statement. I understand where he comes from, the athleticism point of view, but Cam Newton was also a hell of a quarterback, right? Even when he was at Auburn, he was a hell of a quarterback. Anthony Richardson doesn't have the experience. He's only playing a handful of games, and he hasn't won anything, right? Auburn won a national championship based off the strength of Cam Newton, right? Anthony Richardson hasn't won anything at Florida. Now, that doesn't mean he can't be a really good quarterback, and I got to be careful because Anthony Richardson is another guy that people get angry about if you start criticizing them or even questioning them. It's not even criticism. It's just questioning them. So uh, Anthony Richardson has a high ceiling. Uh, I think he has a low floor. And I don't think anyone really has any real good idea what he's going to do in the NFL. Well, here's Daniel Jeremiah talking about the Florida quarterback, Anthony Richardson.
1: And making calls just around the league. The best way to do, you know, the quarterback conversation is talk to the teams that don't need one, and then you'll get kind of an accurate feel, just how they evaluate him and what they think. And Anthony Richardson is the, you know, the second quarterback for several teams that I talked to. And, And we can look at the numbers and, you know, I, it doesn't look great on paper and you look at the accuracy and this, that, and the other, he's got elite, elite arm strength. He's a rare athlete. You don't see quarterbacks, you know, running away from LSU with 80 yard touchdown runs. Like he's got big time, big time ceiling, big time ability. And, you know, you can find the games. If you want to fall in love with Anthony Richardson, you pop on Utah, you think he's the first pick in the draft. Um, even Missouri, he makes some big time plays in that game. So, you know, I know it's a little bit of a roller coaster. I know he hasn't played a ton, but teams are starting to look at some of these quarterbacks as lottery tickets. And this one has the biggest payout. So that's why I think you're going to see Richardson go pretty
0: high. So there you go. And kind of the consensus for me when it comes to Will Levis from Kentucky and Anthony Richardson is both of these guys are going to need time to, to develop. Right. And, and, and that's just it. And do you have coaches that can develop them. And the funny thing about it is, is many people that want to call in, text in, whatever the case is, and, you know, uh, argue about Will Levis or Anthony Richardson, you know, are the same ones that say, oh, Joshua Daniels isn't a very good coach. He can't develop anyone. Okay, so you're going to draft a developmental quarterback, but you don't have a coach that could develop, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's the thing. So many people have said, I don't think that this coach could do that, this, that, or the other. Okay, well, if he can't do that, then why are you going to want him to draft a guy that's going to need developing? Right, And and I I know that's not for everybody, but that's also part of the conversation. And, And that's part of my conversation. I'm not saying that Coach McDaniels can't develop a guy. I'm just saying I don't think that they have time to be able to develop. I think they have to find a way to win and win immediately, especially being in Las Vegas. And I know a lot of folks think it's not a big deal, but it is a big deal. Like Anyone you talk to here locally will tell you, even the Golden Knights, the Golden Knights are the darling of Las Vegas. Like Everyone cuts for the Golden Knights. The minute that they start losing, and the fact that they didn't make the playoffs last year, I mean, half the city turned on them. I mean, that's just how quick it is. And I know Golden Knight fans are not Raider Nation. I get it. But, man, <laughs> this 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 city will find something else to do if you're not winning. So that's the one of the biggest challenges here having the Raiders here is, well, they've got to be a winner, right? Because folks aren't going to want to go. And then they're going to be, I've said it so many times, they'll just be another residency on the Las Vegas Strip. And they definitely do not want to be that. So how about Hidden Hooker? quarterback out of Tennessee, a guy that I believe was going to be a Heisman Trophy finalist at least if he hadn't tore his ACL. It sucks that he did, but he was a hell of a player. So there's questions when it comes to Hendon Hooker, right? Was it Josh Heupel's system there at Tennessee that made him? Was it, you know, the fact that his his wide receivers were just so stinking good, you know, and he didn't really have to do too much reading. What's the case? So here's Daniel Jeremiah talking about, oh, by the way, he's older too, right? He's going to be 25 when he gets drafted. So here's DJ talking about any concern with his age or the fact that he was playing in the Josh Heupel system.
1: Yeah, and for those that haven't seen them him play or have seen Tennessee play, they they spread you from C to shining sea. I mean, they are about two yards from the sideline, uh, it looks like, when you're watching them on each, uh, on each snap, where they spread you all the way out. Uh, I, I will, you know, side note, but when you're doing the receiver uh, in Hyatt, who can fly, when you're watching him, SEC defenses for some reason kept trying to uh, to bring a safety in the slot where he had the whole field to work, and he just ran by him repeatedly, uh, which which uh, is some of the concern people have with Hooker is that okay, this is so spread out, the NFL game isn't like this, and it it's not going to be as defined in terms of your reads. Um, he was, you know, everything out with him as in that offense is, is off play action. He was 51.5% of the snaps. There's some form of play action where you're kind of riding the back and raising up and firing as you try and try and manipulate those linebackers. So that was the most of any quarterback at the combine. So, uh, those are some of the, the offense concerns and how that relates and how that translates to the next level. I will just say when you're evaluating him, the accuracy, the decision-making, the poise, the athleticism to be able to move around and create uh, with his legs to throw as well as to run. All those things are all there. So if we just put the offense to one side and say, he's got all these skills and all that is, is, is there for you to see. So there's going to be an adjustment. I know the age, I know, you know, the age doesn't bother me as much uh, as maybe some other people. I think a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of team builders are looking four and five years at a time. He's 25 years old, and we've got quarterbacks. You know, with the way the league is right now, they're playing into their late 30s. And obviously, Tom was the unicorn going much later than that. But I, I think you could have a nice long run. If you told me you draft and Hooker in the second round, and you he's your starting quarterback for seven, eight really good years, I think you take it. Um, so you got to do your homework on the medical stuff. That's that's uh, above my pay grade, and see if you're comfortable there. Uh, but everything I've heard from an intangible standpoint is really good. The intelligence stuff is is excellent. So while there'll be an adjustment period, I think he'll be able to handle it, and I think he has all the skills to be successful. I, you know, comparison wise, as a thrower, he reminded me of Bradford. Um, he doesn't have a huge, huge arm, but it's good enough. But obviously, he's a lot more athletic. But I just thought when Bradford was coming out, it was accuracy, it was decision-making, and obviously he was the first overall pick. So um, I think Hendon Hooker's got a chance to be a, a real value pick for someone.
0: So the age right there from from Hendon Hooker doesn't bother me at all because he's 25, he'll be 26. I know that you know he's coming off the ACL. He's going to need time to develop as well. Hell, he might not be a starter in the league till he's like 28, but you see how long these, these quarterbacks are playing for him, and they're playing into their 40s now. So that doesn't really bother me. If you get a good eight or nine years out of him, great. You know, so be it. I would have no problem with that. Uh, but he is very intriguing to me, right? I feel like he could be a really good player. But I'm, I'm hearing that you know he might go in the late first round. I thought he was going to be a day two guy, but it sounds like there's a lot of teams that are looking at him as a late first round guy. Maybe that's smart. So you can allow him to get 100% healthy. Um, You could also get that fifth-year option if you do grab him in the first round, similar to what you saw Baltimore do with Lamar Jackson. So as much as I didn't think he was a first-round quarterback, it might make sense to take him at the back end. And if the Raiders were going to do that, one of two things would have to happen. They'd either have to trade back multiple times and be able to get him like in the 20s or trade up from their second-round spot into the back end of the first round like Baltimore did with Lamar Jackson and go get him. So that's what I thought was going to happen with Jalen Hurts. Obviously, it didn't. The Eagles did go out and get him, and good for them. I don't know what Jalen Hurts would have done with the Raiders. I I couldn't say that just the success that he's had with the Eagles would be exactly the same with the the Raiders, but I know whatever he would have done with the Raiders would have been more than Damon Arnett did. <laughs> right? That's the one thing I think we all could agree on. Regardless, him being on the roster would have been more than Damon Arnett's done because Damon Arnett did absolutely nothing. That was just such a wasted pick where I would have much rather them grab Jalen Hurts in the first round and just see what happens. Right? For S's and Giggles, if nothing else. So there's that. Final soundbite I want you to hear from today from Daniel Jeremiah, his pre-conference uh, call talking all things quarterbacks. It's just about trading up with Chicago, trading up to, to the number one spot to go get a quarterback. Uh, it's always going to be a lot that you have to pay. The Raiders are sitting there at number seven. He rolls out a couple teams that he believes could be in the trade market that may actually be looking to get that number one spot. But what would it take? Here's Daniel Jeremiah talking about trades at number one.
1: Trade-ups for quarterbacks. Usually when you look at the trade chart, it's about 120%, give or take, in terms of the trade chart value. You have to pay a premium if you're going to come up for a quarterback, which is you know great news there for the Bears. So when you kind of you look at some of those previous trades, um, which, by the way, when you look at the names of the quarterbacks that teams have traded up for since 2011, it's Trey Lance, Sam Darnold, Mitchell Trubisky, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, and RG3. So, you know, it, in other words, don't be so concerned if you're the Bears about trading off of a Hall of Famer and moving back. It hasn't been a great list uh, over the last few years. But when you look at those points, here would be the three trades. If we're going to look at those teams as to the Texans, Four, the Colts and nine, the Panthers here would be how that would shake out on the trade chart. So if you're just going to go back uh, to pick number two, you're going to get the uh, uh, the second pick, the 33rd pick in next year's two. That would be the trade you'd have there uh, with the uh, Texans. If you go to four, you would have uh, you'd have to give up the, a fourth round pick this year, and or, tw- or sorry, a fourth round pick in 2024, as well as your the number one overall pick. You would get number four overall, number 35 overall, and a first-round pick in 24 and a second-round pick in 24. And then if you want to go all the way to nine, you're going to get the ninth pick, you're going to get the number 39 pick, and you're going to get a first round in 24, and you're going to get a first round in 25. So when I look at all those hauls, and I understand you could be trading off of the opportunity to get one of the premier defensive players there at two or four, if you're asking me what I would do, I would be hoping the Carolina Panthers want to pay that price. And I'll go to nine and I'll take all those first round picks and, uh, and let's go try and fill some of these needs. So those are the three teams I think that will be in the mix. And those are the three options.
0: So there you go right there. That's what it would take to trade up to number one. It's obviously a whole lot. But who knows? Who knows what could happen? I think that the Raiders at best could trade up from seven to maybe four. I think it would just cost way too much draft capital to trade all the way up to number one unless they really were 100% sold on Bryce Young. And I would love, let me say it like this. I will close out the show like this. I would love to see Bryce Young as the Raiders quarterback. No doubt. I would even be okay if he was the, the, the quarterback for the Raiders of 2023. I would just, I'd be okay with just watching him develop right i wouldn't feel like okay this is going to be a year where they're going to compete for the afc west but man if he were to go in there and get a start or or start a few games in right let's jared stidham start at first and then the plan was to pass it on to bryce young when he's ready i'd be okay with that it would suck to see the raiders go another year where they probably ain't going to make the playoffs but to have a dude like that would be great his size does concern me a little bit but I mean, he's been playing football his whole life, so, I mean, he'll have to figure something out. You know, it'll be interesting to see how much he weighs at the Combine, how tall he officially is at the Combine. We'll do that this week. But Bryce Young, that would be great if the Raiders could find a way to get him. I just don't think that that's realistic so that's what I'll leave you with when it comes to quarterbacks all things quarterbacks from Daniel Jeremiah's pre-combine conference call tomorrow we'll talk all things defense and then we'll deep dive into the actual combine and everything going on in Indy again I'm recording this show on Sunday I'll be traveling uh, to Indy excited to be able to provide the coverage the first time ever for the Lockdown Raiders podcast to be in Indy at the combine so gonna talk to a lot of players talk to GM's talk to coaches Josh McDaniels talks on Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, So there's a lot to like about this upcoming week, and hopefully we really set it off here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. So uh, take care of yourself, Raider Nation. Take care of your family. Love on your family. Enjoy this week. Soak it in. It should be a lot of fun. And as always, just win, baby.